0: On this edition of the
1: Iowa Business Report. It's really actually humbling, the number of companies and the size of companies and the names that we're working with. A major national
0: project with an Iowa component will be featured in a pair of workshops next month. One form of Iowa business was featured across the state this past week. And in our business profile, we'll talk with folks from a national company who selected a small town in Iowa as a manufacturing site. This is the Iowa Business Report for the third weekend of December 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. We've told you before about the National Foundry 4.0 Project and how a major component is connected to entities at the University of Northern Iowa. More exposure for the work is coming next month through a pair of workshops in Tennessee and Pennsylvania. Todd Hutchison is Executive in Residence with Advance
1: Iowa. Industry 4.0 is... Something that's been around for probably three, four, five years now, but it's really the advancement technologically of industry, including everything from additive manufacturing, 3D printing to internet of things, which is the gathering and use of data that's gathered by sensors and PLCs and trying to create meaningful wisdom and intelligence out of the data that's gathered, robots, cobots anything really that can be used technologically to automate and improve the operation of a manufacturing environment. The term Industry 4.0 is the umbrella term, and it can be used for any industry. Foundry 4.0 obviously applies to the Foundry and Casting industry. Aerospace 4.0, there's there's a bunch of different versions of 4.0, but they all refer to basically the same thing, only applied to different industries.
0: And talk, if you will, about how the University of Northern Iowa and its various
1: entities are
0: integrated in this.
1: Well, this was before my time coming to you, and I, but only by about a year. There was a large contract let out by the Defense Logistics Agency to improve the resiliency of the foundry and casting industry through the use of Industry 4.0. The foundry and casting industry is integrally important to defense manufacturing. Almost every large piece of equipment that the military uses has a casting in some way, shape, or form. The casting industry itself had undergone some drastic reductions in the previous four or five years before this contract, where approximately half of the foundries are. Casting locations had closed either by merging with another company or just simply through closure, and there was an interest in making sure that that industry stayed relevant. There was a contract let out, and the University of Northern Iowa and Youngstown State University and the National Center for Defense Machining and Manufacturing got together and won that contract. UNI has a fantastic reputation and a lot of credibility built up in the foundry and casting industry through the Foundry 4.0 Automation Center that we have in the TechWorks building locally. Lots of fantastic equipment partnered with Hawkeye Community College and their robotics and automation center on the second floor of the same building. Uh, Just a great national reputation. Jerry Thiel is the godfather of the casting and foundry educational component, We also have a second piece, which is where myself and the Center for Business Growth and Innovation comes in, where we're helping not only take the technologies that are researched and approved and proven out through the technical side on Jerry's side, and we're applying business principles to help foundries identify those that are feasible, those that are valuable, those that provide bottom line value to help them sell those technologies into use within their manufacturing environments.
0: Now, all of that has put you on the road a fair amount here in December, but in particular, with two workshops coming up in January, what is the goal of those January workshops and how does that assist individual businesses, not just at those locations or those regions of the country, but broadly?
1: The workshops in January have really been kind of a long time coming in that much of the material that's being presented is a consolidation of material that's been used in other conferences and other locations in a piecemeal fashion. What we have is two locations, one in Wrightsville, Pennsylvania at Donscoe. And one in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee at Lodge. Donsco will be January 10th and 11th, and Lodge will be January 24th and 25th. Both of those workshops are set up very similarly. There's an upfront piece where we talk about what is industry 4.0 and how is it applicable to a business. Then there's a section that is very technical. It's oriented around demonstrating some of the pieces that are, technical sites put together around PLCs, sensors, Internet of Things, designing using artificial intelligence, and then some local presentations from businesses that we're at. And then the day in each case concludes with a tour of the factory in the location that we're in. We follow that up with a second day where we are providing two additional tours of local casting locations, casting companies that Show off different aspects, and nobody's perfect with industry 4.0. So they're all showing off the things that they do well, but part of it also is learning the things that are not done well and then talking about how those things can be done in a better fashion. I'm looking at some of the
0: posters that you're presenting at the conference you're at right now, Mm -hmm. and it just shows, as you've described it, the scope of this concept. And how Mm -hmm. it is really taking huge steps forward for these industries that many, if they've not paid attention for some time, they've got a very outdated notion about the casting industry, et cetera, Mm -hmm. in terms of what it takes to actually generate product.
1: The casting industry, by its nature, you know, it's heating metal and heating metal gives off byproducts. So it's not a clean industry but they've done a lot of work in the past several years for environmental sustainability to clean up the factory. It has not been registered as a, well, let's just say a desirable environment to work in because of the heat, because of the noise, because of the atmosphere around them. And they've done a lot of work also to improve the working conditions and have done some remarkable things. The use of automation obviously can be helpful in allowing to automate some pieces that you may not want humans to be in the environment of. It allows us to gather data and information to help improve the environment that people are in. One of the larger projects that the Foundry 4.0 Center has been involved in has been measuring a lot of the environmental factors in a foundry and trying to help clean up and correct those. So Yeah, it's come a long, long ways. It's still, by its nature, a hot, difficult-to-work-in environment, but we hope has become a much more desirable place to work in. It's a great environment, and they've done some really nice automation kind of projects to make things even better for people to work in.
0: What are the goals of the upcoming workshops in January in Pennsylvania and Tennessee? Is it limited to those who actually attend, or are there some things that you can derive from those sessions that can be of help either in the broader project or as you focus on your work with Iowa businesses.
1: Obviously, the workshops are not just for the people that attend. And in fact, I'm going to say about 80% of the workshops, the way we have them laid out right now, are going to be presented via Zoom. So we do have the ability for those that can't attend, especially for the technical sessions and some of the early sessions, obviously, they won't get the benefits of the tours, but they'll be able to see some of the work that's been done. So Part of it is, yes, to provide some good visibility of things that are happening in the area for those that can't attend in person, but some of it also is to continue to spread the information and the the knowledge and the intelligence that's been gained through the project to others through the use of Zoom. We're going to record all of our sessions. They're going to be made available via the web, so hopefully we can get even more spread in that way. you know, Our whole goal is to try and make as many people in this industry, aware of what's possible and what we're doing as we can. We do try in every opportunity to use whatever tools we have available to spread the word of what it is that we're doing and how it can be beneficial to businesses.
0: This really is a coup for the state of Iowa, for the Center for Business Growth and Innovation, and all of the partners located in Iowa. It's really a coup for you folks to be a part of this because this is a national project With untold millions of dollars worth of efficiencies that can be gained, they could really revolutionize large segments of manufacturing.
1: Yeah, it's it's really actually humbling. The number of companies and the size of companies and the names that we're working with (laughs) – I just bought a Lodge frying pan for my son who just came out of college. And, you know, I'm going to go visit their factory and try to help them improve their operations. It's just really kind of interesting, the connections that you make. We've always had a great reputation nationally, but it's been fairly limited to the foundry industry because of the work that we've done through the Foundry Center. But when you think about what we're doing, Industry 4.0 by its nature, Foundry 4.0, Industry 4.0 applies to all different industries. You know, we are focusing our work on foundries at this point, but everything that we learn and everything that we do is applicable to all industries as well. So, yeah, it's it's quite a large-scope project. It's quite a lot that's happening, and, and we hope to be able to provide benefit in a lot of different ways.
0: Todd Hutchison, executive in residence with Advance Iowa. We connected via Zoom on Monday, December 11th. Learn more about Foundry 4.0 by going to advanceiowa.com and clicking on the CBGI tab. That stands for the Center for Business Growth and Innovation. Still to come, local bike shops in the spotlight. And later, South Central Iowa is home to a national manufacturer. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The open road stretching out its arms. Wind sailing through your hair. Feel the thrill in your very own little red Italian sports car. You know, the one that starts with
2: an F. Wow, that's a nice Fiat. Camp Courageous is raffling off a 2013 Fiat 500 of ours. Get your $25 raffle ticket at
0: campcourageous.org. All proceeds directly impact the mission of Camp Courageous. Get your raffle ticket
2: now at campcourageous.org.
0: Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey data by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. This past week was Support Your Local Bike Shop Week, sponsored by the Iowa Bicycle Coalition luke hoffman is executive director
2: of the group we're a statewide advocacy organization dedicated to ensuring that bicycling is safe and accessible for everyone in iowa on or off the road we are on an Iowa bike shop tour across the entire state. And we're doing that because one of our core values as an organization is we believe in building community. And so the Iowa Bicycle Coalition to that end has been visiting all the bike shops, nearly 99 local bike shops or more. We've been finding some along the way across the entire state. And again, talking to them about the various ways in which they're building community, and it's very interesting the people you meet along the way. I'll give you a quick example of a sure. shop that we visited just the other day: Albrecht's bike shop in Sioux City. They're actually, believe it or not, the only bike shop in Sioux City. Albrecht's is celebrating their one hundred year anniversary next year. Can you think about that for a second? Not only are they a hundred year old business, a small business, which is in and of itself really awesome, but they're a bike shop that's been around for a hundred years think about that for a second that's pretty cool right
0: learn more about the group's activities online at org. coming up all electric campers made in iowa you're listening to the iowa business report i'm jeff stein through special arrangement with the publisher totallyiowa.com is now able to offer two of my books at a special holiday discount Making Waves, the people and places of Iowa broadcasting and one week in June, the Iowa floods of 2008 are now available at a fraction of their original cost. Buy both and save even more. Other great keepsakes are available, too, by going to TotallyIowa.com. That's TotallyIowa.com. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa. Educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. In this week's Business Profile segment, you'll meet Kevin McGregor, CEO of Camp 365, a Minneapolis-based company which manufactures campers, and their new product, designed to meet the needs of electric vehicle owners, is made in Iowa.
3: It's an offshoot of our current tollables that we have in just about every state in the United States and around North America. We came to Iowa in the beginning of 2019, and was after we launched our tollable products called Camp 365. If I had a dollar for every time somebody said, well, you should put this in a truck bed, you know, we'd have a million dollars. The truck bed model, it's the same exact camper, and it uses our patented lift assist system, and basically almost all of our patents and how it unfolds and sets up in minutes for anybody to use it. It can, it, it can fit in a half ton, a three-quarter ton, in a full ton pickup bed. So it can be electric or gas. The cool thing we was unique with the electric vehicle market was with, we just saw a launch with Tesla launch the Cybertruck after waiting four years. And they've got about 2 million orders that they're going to be filling out of their plan in Austin, Texas. And with that, it kind of accelerated us wanting to launch this, very innovative product for the EV truck buyers. So for the, you know, the Cybertruck, Rivian, Ford Lightning that's coming out, all the big OEMs are now going to be coming out with a truck bed model. And this unit allows the customer to not only put it on the back of a pickup bed, but then what's unique is that these people are paying anywhere from sixty dollars to $100,000 for this electric pickup bed. When the problem is today's market for pickup beds, you have to literally have a dedicated truck to have a pickup bed camper. These people that own these, they're buying these EVs, they drive like Porsche sports cars. They wanna use them as they're intended. Our leveling system and our outrigger system and how it already works in our current camper, our towables, is used identically in our truck bed model. So it allows the customer to take it on and off after a short weekend trip. They can take it on and off the bed of their pickup in minutes, one person, and load it in their garage. We even have another uh, optional device that'll be, grab, be able to grab onto the camper and spin it around so you can put it in the corner of your garage. It's really exploding. I mean, and we also, what we did with this unit is not only is it completely solar capable and can live off the grid, but it can be a, a sense of extra capacitance for the vehicle that's going down the road. Our design, since it's such a very lightweight aerodynamic design, and that works on the same kind of principles that, you know, all the Teslas work with. You want a low center of gravity. They don't want a lot of wind drag. And it works very similar to what, you know, you would get into, you know, NASCAR. And our camper, the way the weight is positioned and how it fits in the truck, it's just a really great synergy for all these EV pickup and truck owners that really love the outdoors and want to get out and see nature and get away from people but don't want to be tethered to having to keep it on their pickup beds. It was just a great opportunity to launch the product, and we're going to start delivering it to customers here in the spring. And that market, as you see with all the big OEMs, are all jumping onto it for these EVs. As you get more charging stations throughout Iowa and all over the Midwest, it's making it easier and easier for people to take trips on there. One of the biggest problems, a lot of these big truck bed campers you see are massive. They're big and they're bulky and they're square. Our T-model is very aerodynamic. So it'll get very good range and efficiency when the, the truck owner is using it. Our customers come from all over North America. They will come to our plant. We put them kind of like John Deere did. We put them through the, we call it like the Camp 365 University. And we'll take them and run them through how it's all made, how to set it up how to use it, take care of it. And then we help them hook it up to their car. And they stay at a local campground in Elvia down at Lake Rathbun for the night and then have any questions after their first setup. And then we, you know, generally we don't hear from them afterwards unless they want more accessories and options because they're made so well. Or, you know, if people want them, we'll, we'll do a Zoom-in tutorial and we'll send the campers directly to the person's location or the residence and where they have it. We came down to LBI in uh, 2019, right before the pandemic based on uh, an economic development uh, package we got from Iowa Economic Development, two local co-ops, a gentleman by the name of Todd Ferris with Sheridan Valley Co-op was a real instigator and getting us down there and putting our whole package together. And then also with the regional economic development group down there, and they all put an incentive package to move our and build up our Iowa manufacturing base. So... Currently, right now, we have our corporate center in the Twin Cities where we do kind of the sales and business development and show. And then we have our sewing operations in Minnesota, but we only have like three, four employees up there. And then the rest of our employees are down in Iowa. And uh, we have two plants there. One is a fabrication plant that was a building we retrofitted, redid, and then that uh, does all of our welding and cutting and CNC operating. And then uh, the next plant is our new assembly plant that we built in the uh, LB Industrial Park. That's the new building. And we also have our uh, finished paint line there. And that's where we meet the customers when they come in there. So we've been growing. You know, During the pandemic, everybody wanted to go out and enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, that's continuing. We have uh, the people that are buying our campers. Um, they'll put a deposit down and they'll have to wait for a little bit. The weight is starting to shrink. We do have a lot of orders there, but... People are willing to wait for something that does the things ours do and uh, are willing to when they're going to buy a product that's going to be lasting for a long time. I couldn't be more happy with the employees and and the workers that we have down in Iowa. I mean, they just generally they're highly trained. They love the community down in that area. We have very little turnover. The product is so unique and different. It's such a cool niche of being able to enjoy the outdoors and recreation. So we got this coolness factor with Camp 365. Employees like to come work for it, and we like to let our workforce be able to use the units too as well and get to go experience that. But we offer an exciting area for people to expand and have a career at Camp 365. Kevin McGregor, CEO of Camp 365,
0: online at camp365.com. Thanks to Tim Harwood of IBR affiliate KXEL for sharing that interview with us. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 18 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at TotallyIowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.